the sun is shining. The temperature has cooled to a more mild summer, enjoyable temperature. And I'm recording a podcast with Bob. None of this makes sense. It also doesn't make sense because the Phillies have won their last two games. Check that. They've won four out of five. No, check that. They've won six out of eight. Bob, I'm in an alternate universe right now, my friend. I don't know what is going on. This Is this crossed up? <laughs> After a win at 5.15 p.m. I feel out of my element right now. I'm actually not like dreadfully tired. Uh, we don't have to complain for 60 minutes. Yeah. There are some things to feel okay about after uh after this series uh not i wouldn't say feel great about but feel okay about yeah yeah like this this could be a pleasant experience well, maybe <laughs> this is unbelievable I, possibly like, i don't know this feeling i don't know this feeling it's 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 i i feel like i'm in the upside down are you a stranger <laughs> yeah. things are you a stranger yeah. things fan yeah absolutely uh, okay yeah, yeah i feel like i'm in the upside down right now yeah. i don't know where i am right now <laughs> i'm in another i'm in another i'm in another world welcome into crossed up i'm anthony sanfilippo he's bob wankel uh we appreciate you guys checking in with us and hey we, we got some positive stuff to talk about with the phillies as they uh, prepare for a big series this weekend with the atlanta braves uh the last chance i think for the phillies to get back into the divisional race uh even if things go sideways or upside down uh this weekend against the braves they'll still be in the wild card race but this is their last chance this is this is their waterloo as far as the division is concerned and we're going to talk about that plus a lot more but before we do we want to make sure that uh that you uh check out our sponsor because i'll tell you what you know bob i'm a barbecue guy I love barbecuing. It's it, it's like my favorite way to make a meal. You like, like the man the grill? Well, it's not yeah. it's not that right. It's it's more that you know, I like I'm home and the kids are home and I'm like, oh man, I gotta make it make a dinner or cook something and you just oh, I don't feel like doing it. But you so you know what? Let me just fire up the grill, throw the food on there, and it just basically makes itself right, and it and it tastes awesome. Well, nothing worse. There's nothing worse than having that desire to make your dinner on the grill and realize, crap, I'm out of propane. Right. It's the worst. Wouldn't thing it be ever. nice? Wouldn't it be nice if someone would deliver that propane for you? Well, that would, and what a great setup that is, Bob Wankel. Because guess what? Cinch, but from Amerigas, does that for you. Not only that, you just leave the old empty propane tank on your front doorstep, and they will come to your house, take the old one back, and leave you a full one. So that way, when you get home from work, it's there. Just hook it right back up, and boom, you're ready to grill again. Uh, in the backyard, and guess what? With our promo code, if you just if when you go to their website and you put in Crossing Broad, ten dollars for your first one. That's it, ten dollars to change out your your propane tank. So be sure to uh, go check them out. It's at Cinch.com. Is that correct, Bob? That is correct. All yes. right, I yes. believe cinch. cinch with a Y. Yes, Cinch with a Y. That's right. It's not spelt like your like the other word Cinch. It's Cinch C Y N C H. Cinch with uh, a Y dot com. Put in the Crossing Broad promo code, 10 bucks for your first propane tank. Hey, it's that easy. Just make sure you go out and do it. All right, so now let's uh, talk about what transpired this week here in Detroit. Uh, Phillies sweep a quick two-game set with the Tigers, and the Tigers are just... Uh, just a terrible, terrible team. Holy I don't think cow. there's really any other way to say it. They're 37 games under 500 after uh, the Phillies win today, 4 nothing. They uh, have the worst home record in all of baseball. 
they have just been uh, they have been a disaster this season and you sometimes you know you can catch a team and you say like oh wow they they played okay it's kind of hard to believe that this this team is so bad but if you watch both of these games from start to finish i mean they don't catch the ball they are terrible situationally uh, at the plate the arms were okay, or, or that may have been more of a product of the Phillies' offense, but it just was not. I mean, it was it was it was bad, man. So the Phillies, I know it's hard to get excited when you beat up on a team like this, uh, but I will say, entering this series, a stat that I dug up, the Phillies were only ten and nine this season against last place teams, including losing five out of the last six games to the, the Miami Marlins. So as you know, the Phillies have not exactly been dominant against inferior opponents. So it was nice for a change to see them go out and sort of take care of business uh, in both of these games. Though uh, certainly the Tuesday night game that lasted fifteen innings was like pulling teeth. Yeah, that was terrible. That was that that's, that one set set baseball back about. 45 years it was a disaster Um, but I will say this Bob Miami Marlins are worlds better than this Detroit Tigers team yeah yeah so it made me I'll be honest with you I I sat here and uh, I watched the most uh, all of the 15 inning game I didn't get to see much of the uh, uh, the game today uh, because uh, of work related stuff but uh, this Tigers team they're they're so bad (laughs) That I sat there and said, you know what? I don't feel as bad about the Phillies losing the games to the Marlins. Should they have won those? Yes. Were a couple of bad losses in there? Yeah. A couple of you know bullpen implosions and the like. Okay, fine. But when you look at the talent disparity between the Marlins and the Tigers, and you sit there and say, well, okay, I can kind of get it, right? I kind of understand yeah. why you, especially because yep. you play them so much. You know, they get more familiar with you. I kind of get it a little bit. So, I, so now those Marlins losses don't sting as much to me right now as they did because I saw what a bad last place team looks like and yeah the Phillies yeah to your point the Marlins actually swept the Tigers earlier this season in Detroit so I mean there's something like I believe 13 and 36 at home now after today I mean that's historically bad Uh, so they are they are crazy awful and as much as we talk about Matt Boyd who pitched last night he, uh, I mean, he was okay in that game. Gives up the home run to Roman Quinn, but that was that was it over six innings. He had struggled a little bit during the month of July, but he's having a good season overall. They're seven and fourteen in his twenty-one starts this season. Yeah, I mean, so you know, as as good as he's been, they still can't win those games. So you know, like you remember the Phillies in the late nineties, like Kurt Schilling would go and they would win his starts, but that was it. Right, like they could at least take advantage of of some quality starting pitching when Schilling was out there, and then the rest of the time they were horrendous. Like this team can't even this team can't figure out a way to go 500 when they have a top of a rotation guy out on the mound. So, uh, I mean, like I said, they were they were terrible, and um, the Phillies really didn't play much better uh, last night. They were, I think, fortunate to escape, but. Uh, one of the things that's kind of emerged here in, in recent days has been the performance of the bullpen. And uh, after after today's uh, game in which they went, I believe, three and one-thirds innings? Yes, uh, three and third innings pitched today, shutout baseball. They're up to 16 and two-thirds innings pitched of shutout baseball over their last three games, 19 strikeouts. Uh, and, and, you know, didn't didn't allow an earned run. I, I mean, so if they don't get the performance in any of these three games from that bullpen, they could have gone in different directions. So... A win is a win against a bad team, but I, I look at the way that this bullpen has struggled leading up to really the last week or so, 
And it was sort of refreshing to see that they did their job, albeit against inferior offenses. Well, uh, but, you, I, but you got to do it against somebody. So. Yeah, I, I, I was more impressed. I'll give you this. I was more impressed with what they did against Pittsburgh because, <clears throat> excuse me, the one thing about the Pirates is they gave a bunch of, like, good hitters in that lineup. Um, I, I didn't necessarily think some of those good hitters had great approaches <laughs> in those couple yeah. of those games, but I. But on the they whole, they have guys I that mean, are they, dangerous. Yeah, that pose a threat. That, well, not only that. I mean, if you look, they have a four, like four or five guys in that lineup who are hitting three hundred or right around three hundred. Um, you know, that's a that's a solid lineup that you know is making good contact, getting on base, making things happen. The Pirates' problem is they don't have any pitching, um, and the Phillies made them look. I didn't think I didn't like the Phillies' offense. In, in all the any of this, even in the weekend series and in Pittsburgh no. and then against Detroit, I didn't really <laughs> like the offense. But I'm, we're we're doing positive stuff first. But the, the bullpen, I, you know, impressed me more against the Pirates. Um, although you know, we talked yesterday, and you got a good what three and a third or three and two thirds out of Nick Pavetta in the 15 inning game, which you know I thought was interesting. I'll tell you this, Bob. This is what I found interesting. So that game's going 15 innings, right? And you know, Nola throws seven. Um, and then uh, who came in second after Nola? I believe Adam Morgan for came one in batter. for a batter, and for then you batter. had Pavetta go. Right, so they went to Morgan, who they go to for their lefties. Then they left Pavetta in for three and two-thirds. Yeah. Okay, and then it was Hector Neris. And you could almost seem like, okay, these Well, you had Alvarez in there, too. Well, and, and, well and, yeah, I'm yeah. getting that. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's almost like, okay, these are the guys we really trust. And yeah. not much more. Like, let's, let's try and get this done. Yeah, interesting that you done. didn't see uh, Mike Morin in there last right. night. Yeah. Exactly. No Mike Morin <laughs> last night. Um, you know, no, uh, no Ranger Suarez or J.D. Hammer or any of those guys. Uh, although Suarez actually gave them, I guess, a, uh, a decent inning, two innings today. Um, that was pretty good. Look, you can't compl- when the bullpen is successful, you got to give them, give them the props. I, I still think it's kind of a shaky bullpen. But they've been good the last five games. Uh, yeah, you know, good for them. So today they get and just kind of jump around all over the place a little bit. And let's like knock out all the positives early on. Yes. So today they get Jordan Zimmerman, who came into this game three starts in the month of July. He only pitched eleven innings, had an ERA over sixteen, and a WHIP pushing three. Uh, so, you know, if there was a guy that they could take advantage of, it would be him. And, and Zimmerman was not good by any stretch of the imagination. And they got him out of the game in the fifth, and he yielded four earned runs. They left a little bit on the table. I believe that they stranded two runners in that inning as well. So it's not like Zimmerman was good. But, you know, when you look at the lineup that they put out there today, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about it. Because you have Roman Quinn and Andrew Knapp and Nick Williams, like, not seeing Gene Segura and Jay Bruce in this lineup right now, like when you remove those guys, it is a razor, razor thin lineup. And then you sit Bryce Harper, which I know you wanted to talk about the decision to do that. Oh, yeah. But so when I, I look at it, like, okay, that being the lineup, four runs against Zimmerman in, in four plus innings, like I can live with that. That wasn't like an atrocious offensive performance. They had 10 hits in the game. They, they left some opportunities out there to add on and make it five, six, seven runs. So it wasn't like they were dominated today the way they were last night, in which they struck out 18 times. But again, we're being positive. I'm, I'm okay with what they did at the plate today, given that that was the lineup. But I will say this. It is They're, what, 54 and 48 right now, which incidentally, uh, I read it earlier today. Somebody tweeted it out. It's the same record they had in 2008. Uh, after after 102 games, which is pr- 
pretty pretty wild. You know, like the, this Phillies team is not like this bottom feeder miserable experience that that I think that we feel like it is sometimes. Like they're right in the thick of the wild card race at this point, and they're within, like you said at the top of the show, within striking distance of getting back into the NL East. I don't know that they have that in them, but that said. That lineup, if that's our lineup going into this Atlanta series, I think it could be pretty sobering pretty quickly. Uh, this this lineup is just like, there's like four or five guys in here that are not major league caliber hitters today. No, no. This, right? When I saw that lineup today, I was like, what is what is going on? I mean, so yeah. I'm like almost like look at it in a positive way and say like okay like they won a game with that lineup but yeah. that that cannot be the, like they got to get Gene Segura back this weekend I know he's had he's been dealing with the bruised heel he had to come out of the game on Sunday yeah, he uh, pinch hit last pinch night. hit last night he actually put a good swing on the ball would have been out of Citizen Bank Park but yeah. uh, not at Comerica uh, but then you don't see him again today and hopefully with the day off tomorrow uh, on Thursday he comes back for that Brave series because they really need him yeah absolutely. So you were uh, not thrilled with uh, Gabe Kapler's decision to sit Bryce Harper in this game, and just uh, you know, as a little background here, we're we're basically only uh, 13 games into the second half of the season after the All Star break. Phillies were off on Monday night; they're off on Thursday, and they also have an off day after the Braves series this upcoming Monday before they start a set with the San Francisco Giants at home. So it's it was curious that. Uh, you know, he, he was the DH on Tuesday night and then didn't play at all in this afternoon's game. Uh, and your thoughts on that? I, I don't get it. I just don't get it, Bob. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. He has been the Phillies' best hitter for a month, okay? I'm going to go – I'm, I'm going to take you back to, to June 24th, okay, which was the start of the, um, the Mets series, right? So that let's go back that long to today, which is July 24th. So, like I said, over the course of, of the last month, um, he has been their no, no doubt their best player, and that's kind of like when I, I look at it and say that's kind of when he like really started to turn it on. He had a, a two hit game in that game, um, and it's in the, in this last month, Harper's numbers: he is hitting 280, 382 on base. 887 OPS, nine doubles, four homers, 18 ribbies, right? And uh, not striking out at, as, as an alarming rate as he was earlier. He has 25 strikeouts and 110 plate appearances. Still too much, but not ridiculous, okay? Um, I, how do you suddenly take that guy out of your lineup basically at, right before a Brave series? And, and, you know, you just had – he was just off for the All-Star break. He had four days off. And what Gabe has come out and said is that, well, we wanted to give him Monday off, Tuesday off his feet, basically just DHing, Wednesday completely off, Thursday completely off. That way he's fresh and ready to go for Atlanta. And, you know, and, and he's probably not going to, you know, come out of the lineup much, if, if at all, the rest of the year. I mean, do you really need that much time off? They have another off day coming on Monday. Yeah. The, the I, only I thing that. I don't understand it. The only thing that I guess is a possibility is that, like, like we had talked about before we started the show, is there maybe a tight hamstring? Does he have a blister on his hand that they're trying to heal? Like, is there yeah. something more to it? And if there isn't, then it's strange, and I agree with you. I know that they probably wouldn't want to advertise if there is some type of issue, and they say, hey, let's be cautious here. Let's just get him the two days off, and then we'll start rolling. But it, barring injury, then I don't 
it is an interesting decision because this was an important game today, right? Like, I think they looked at it and said, it's the Tigers. We feel pretty good about this matchup regardless of, of Bryce's in the lineup or not. It's still a game that we should be able to get. But when you look at what they're dealing with, and, and why I say it's such an important game is because not only is it a game that you should win, but ahead of this Atlanta series, and like we talked about, with the trade deadline looming in the middle of next week, the Phillies need to know where they're at. You know, and are they going to be a team that's three or four games out come this Wednesday? Or are they going to be a team that is seven, eight, nine games out? Because I do think, and Matt Klintak, Andy McPhail have kind of alluded to this, and, and it makes sense to me, though people are upset about it, if the Phillies are not on the brink of, of locking up this wild card or, you know, being in division contention, then it makes no sense to be ultra-aggressive at the trade deadline. Um at least for rental-type players. So, that being said, you know, I, I want to see the Phillies win these games. These are important games to win in order to make themselves as, as close to a competitor as, as they possibly can be before July 31st. Yeah. I, look, I, I, this was obviously a plan, right? This can't, you, don't, you don't sit there and say, after a night when uh, they went 15 innings against the Tigers – Nine of those 15 innings against one of the worst bullpens you'll ever see in baseball, um, striking out 18 times and stranding runners on base like you know, like, like they were leaving them on a deserted island. Like it was, it was just an ugly game all around on Tuesday night. And then you know, you wouldn't it, it, coming off of that, you'd, you'd probably say, "Well, geez, we got to get these bats going. Let's get our guys in there right away on Wednesday." Obviously, you want to. Maybe give Real Muto a game off if you need to because he went caught off 15 innings. I get that. But he played today. He didn't catch. He played first base. Yeah. <laughs> which which I didn't quite understand that either. Like, guy just caught 15 innings. Either give him off or if he's going to – if you need him to play, freaking DH him, right? So that he's sitting down for much of the day. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been crazy. So we go back and we had the podcast after the 16-2 to loss against the Dodgers last Monday night. And it was as bleak of a picture as you could possibly paint after that game. And to their credit, they come back and they still split the series. And as good as that Dodgers team is, I can totally live with that, especially when you consider the way that they won the games. They won them late. Uh, they, they showed some balls. You know, we had talked in our last episode about how this team really doesn't seem to have a lot of fight in them. They don't have a lot of, uh, like, I don't want to say they don't have character, but like they don't have guys stepping up and saying like enough of this, like let's go. And then the very next night, you see it from Harper. You get a big hit from Harper on the Thursday game, uh, followed by Hoskins go ahead uh, two run single that that won that game. Bryce Harper puts him ahead in uh, Friday night's game two one with a big RBI base hit in the seventh inning. Hoskins wins the game on Sunday in extra innings at Pittsburgh, and you come back to the fifteenth inning game last night where. Hoskins uh, singles in after uh, Kingery hit the triple. And so all five of those wins, it was Bryce Harper or Reese Hoskins late coming up with an important hit. And that's what the Phillies are going to need, especially when we talk about this lineup lacking depth. They need these guys to take charge and get these critical hits in key situations. So if, if nothing else, like we can talk about how the bullpen has been better we can talk about you know Vince Velasquez, and we haven't gotten to him yet. A, a decent start out of him uh, today, five and two-thirds shutout innings. We can talk about Aaron Nola kind of bouncing back and really rounding into form and Drew Smiley, and we can get to all of these things. But the most encouraging thing about this team to me is that Harper and Hoskins have kind of 
put them on their backs in critical situations over this last week. And, and that's something that they're going to need to continue to do if the Phillies have any shot in hell of getting into the postseason and, and doing something once they're there. Those guys have to lead the way, and they're doing it at the right times. Yeah, they're, they're tightrope walking a little bit, though, Bob. I mean, they've, you know, we, the, the one thing I look at and say, okay, you're right. They came through in the clutch twice against the Dodgers, the Pirates game that went extra innings, uh, last night against the Tigers. So that's like four of the last six games, and it's one, those guys have really been the difference makers. But you should, with the exception of the two Dodgers games, should you be in tightrope walking against the Pirates and the Tigers? I don't. I don't know. You know, like, the Phillies never win in in Pittsburgh, so like I'm perfectly content even with the tightrope walk. Getting out of Pittsburgh with a, a series win, especially the way that things have been going over the last two months for the Phillies, like sometimes you have to just sort of, you know, it's like survive in advance almost. Yeah. So like considering that they are historically not very good at PNC Park. The, the Pirates aren't a very good team, but they're not pushovers. I'm cool with that. I agree with you once you get to this Detroit series, though. I would have liked to have seen 7-1 domination both games and, and get out of there and move on. It, it didn't happen. So, yeah, well, the tightrope walk is a little bit annoying in these last two games for me. Yeah, that, that's, why I was, that's why I was a little perplexed by the lineup today. Yeah. It almost made me think like you, you're, it's, it was so preplanned that you didn't you're not basing it off of what's been going on with the team lately like i have a feeling when i say this was pre-planned i don't think this was something that they you know reassessed monday during the off day and came up with it then i think this is something that has been long planned out that we're going to give bryce harper off these days and we're going to give make reese hoskins dh and and real muto will only catch one of the two okay fine like, whatever they're doing, they, I think it was long pre-planned. And this is an example of something that bothers me a little bit with the Phillies. That it, I think that – and this is not – I don't want to just say this is a Gabe thing because I don't think it's just Gabe. Again, I think it's organizational. I think that there is something where they don't take stock in the, in the current moment. And, and they, would, they rather would stick to, like, this long-term plan and make it come to fruition because if it does, they'll look like geniuses. Um, but rather than sit there and say, let's identify. Now, again, you could be you, – what you brought up earlier could be 100% the case. I could be misreading into this too much, and it could be, hey, he's got a nagging little injury kind of thing that if we figure give him four days off his feet, we'll make it better. Okay, and that could be the case. But in absence of a report of that, and I'm going to just have to go off of what's been presented to us, I don't understand why we can't have the team just – just flow. Yeah. Remember in the beginning of the season when they were really good the first couple weeks? Yeah, and well, it, was a di- it was a different time with a very different set of personnel. No, but, but, do, but do you remember how it just flowed? Yeah. And it was because it was the, like they just let it be. People's minds were blown when it was just the same lineup over and over and over again that first be. like week and a half of the season. You're right. Like, oh, this is let, crazy. Yeah. They just let the team be yeah. the team. They let it breathe. And, and become what it was, and it was, and it was, and it was jelly. Of course, that we knew that wasn't going to last all year. We knew they weren't going to be a hundred and ten win team. Okay, fine. At some point, it was going to hit the skids, and then you have to, you know, adjust at that point. But that doesn't mean that you still have to stick with like a set plan that maybe you put in place. Maybe you looked at it, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and said, "Yeah, this is we're going to give Bryce this time off." But then you didn't take take stock in the fact that he was going to be your hottest hitter going into that those games yeah at that point readjust 
and say, all right, maybe can we find him a game off down the road? Maybe we can make him rest, you know, one of those Chicago White Sox games coming up at home, you know, or, or you know, later on when we're down in Miami, when we have a day off after the, after the Red Sox, we get a day off and then we give him, a, you know, a game or two in Miami off. Like, you, you could do things like that. Yeah, like you said, you don't know, you don't know what the story is and we're never going to hear the story because the, the ship has sailed. You know, he gave his explanation and I don't think anybody's going to pivot back to it and say, no. hey, about that, you know, but it's. So here's the thing, you know, I talked about how they're getting key hits in crucial situations and that's encouraging to see on the flip side of that, though, they're having very both Harper and Hoskins. They're having very interesting second halves to the season. So after today's game, I believe Reese Hoskins had two hits and his OPS is sitting at 922. So Reese Hoskins is having a quality season, right? He's only got 21 home runs right now, and he has one home run in 43 at-bats in the second half, which is the exact same amount of home runs that Bryce Harper has in 43 second-half at-bats. So it's amazing to me. They're 7-5 and five in the 12 games since the All-Star break, and they've gotten exactly two home runs out of Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins in 86 combined at-bats. That has to change. So, like... Where you're looking at Harper heating up, and you're like, hey, you know what? He's playing better. Things are looking good, and, and he's at an 841 OPS right now. He's been he's been kind of climbing a little bit, so you feel good about that incremental progress. Reese Hoskins, really solid season, but like I need more in terms of power. Like I've got to have more power. I'm not talking about each guy hitting 40 home runs this season because clear, clearly that's not going to happen, but two home runs – in 86 at bats in the second half from your three and four hitters, like that's not good. That's yeah, not it, good enough. So it, it's funny because I'm going to agree with you here. Because um, you know me, I mean, I'm a guy who who you know I like guys who go up there with a nice approach at the plate. They're not trying to hit a home run every time um, and, and find ways to get on base. Like I I love those kind uh, of yeah. Hits. And Reese like, has done that in in the game last night, and they did yeah. it in the game Thursday. It was great. Yeah, really has been. But I agree with you because I'm a, I'm a believer that you have to have a ba- balance in your lineup. And the balance has to be some guys are, are your power guys and some guys are your on-base guys. And some guys could be both. You could certainly be both. But, I mean, you're relying on guys for power, specific guys, not all the guys in the lineup. So Harper and Hoskins are certainly the guys you're relying on for power. And they're just not producing that power right now. And that's the thing that's, that's fascinating to me. Bryce Harper, it's not just it's not just you know you mentioned one homer in the last forty three at bats. We can go all the way back to June first, which is now almost two months. It'll be a, it'll be two months in a week. He's got seven home runs. Yeah, in two months. Yeah, that's 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 a low low number. And then you throw in the little wrinkle that this has been a historic season for for home runs. For home runs. Well, and Reese Hoskins in the same time span has eight. Yeah. So so we're not talking like you know they're it's crazy that they're being as productive as they are. And last season and obviously his rookie season in 2017 when he came up it's a little bit different but you take the the samples from both 17 and 18 and he was homering like once every 13 at bats in the second half yeah. which is way up. It, the number was over 20. I believe it was 21 in the first half. So what we usually see from Reese Hoskins is he get to the second half of the season and he really gets going. And, and not to say that he won't, we, you know, he won't do that, but it's just been it's been weird to watch uh, Reese Hoskins come to the plate now um, for 43 at bats and have three extra base hits, a homer and two doubles. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I it's funny because I'm I'm torn because part of me likes the way that they're they're approaching the plate because they're they're taking what's pitched to them and they're doing stuff with it. I mean, Harper leads the National League in doubles, I think, now, right? 
Um, and, and Hoskins is, you know, Hoskins is having a really good year uh, overall, just doing everything. Uh, he's on bases over 400, um, slugging like you mentioned. I think he's 922. So, I mean, those are those are kind of, those are numbers that I really like, and I'm watching them play. And I'm like, I'd like the approach that they're taking. But yeah, I did do wish they would hit a few more home runs. I really do. I would like to see them get. I'd like to see Roman Quinn get more hits. And not the two-run home run last night, but let one of those guys... 434-foot home run. You know, he had 260 at the end of last season. He's a guy that... Like, there's more there. Like, I know that Roman Quinn has not played very well this season in the limited time that he's played, but there's more to Roman Quinn than this. Like, he will give you more than what you've gotten so far. I believe that. I truly believe that. Do you know where that, you know where that ball hit on his bat when he hit that home run last night? <laughs> I mean, if we want to talk about... You want to talk about juicing balls? Yeah. That hit off the trademark yeah. of the bat. Yeah. It didn't hit off the barrel yeah. or, or towards the end. That hit off the trademark. For his size, like, I, and that has nothing to do with what you're saying. I mean, I, I agree. It's, <laughs> it's a joke, right? But, I mean, for his size, he actually does have some pop, and he's, he's had some throughout the minor leagues and, 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 you know, when he's been on the field anyway. I don't know if you also noticed in this series against Detroit. You know what else he did? He went back to switch hitting. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, Gabe Kapler talked a little bit about that uh, ahead of, I believe it was Wednesday's Dodgers game. He, okay. you know, he said that he wants to go exclusive on one side, and then he he didn't feel comfortable with that, and then he, I think he he realized that it does benefit him and it gets him on the field a little bit more. That was the thing that he, I guess Kapler had the conversation with Roman Quinn that if you want to be on the field more, you you need to stick with this. Otherwise, I'm only going to be able to give you so many opportunities. And I think that Gabe had told him in so many words where we're at with our injury situation right now. We we want you on the field, um, so we need you to you know kind of go back to that. But he said it was a decision that Roman Quinn had sort of had to arrive at on his own. So now we're back to him. Switching switch hitting he did have two more hits today so he was two for yeah. four today with a uh, run scored uh so he's up to 141 now oh boy <laughs> but no nah, i mean in all seriousness i do think i do think that you can get something out of him i, I think he's a useful part now a guy that i i do want to talk about and there's there's two more guys i want to focus in on specifically before we maybe move a little bit more to a, a bigger picture here nick williams comes back up last week and he had raked uh, down at Lehigh Valley. I believe he was hitting 345. OPS was pushing 1,000. I think he might have been up over 1,000, actually, um, at AAA. And so he was getting to play every day. He had talked about how he was really disappointed when he was sent down. And he kind of got his, his bearings. And he said he was reading a lot and really just tried to almost kind of find peace uh, with himself. That was It was a bizarre uh, little press conference that he gave. It was like almost this like introspective, find your chi type of thing. And uh, he said, you know, I feel a, a lot better. You know, I played really well down there. I'm just going to play my game. So he comes back up, and he's gotten some consistent playing time now over the last week. He's two for 16, I believe, after today's game. He did hit a home run. But, yeah, he's two for 16 with seven strikeouts um, in, in limiting playing time over uh, over the past week. And he, he did hit a bomb today, and it was nice to see. My impression of Nick Williams is that he's a, a nice kid. He seems like he's a little bit immature. And I don't know, this might seem mean, and, and maybe it's – I don't think this is an unfair criticism. I question how much Nick Williams, like, loves the game and has this burning passion to win. Um, and that's just kind of been my experience in speaking with him. Like, he's a really nice guy. I just don't, like, it just seems like there's, like, something missing 
on the the internal drive front with him. Um, it could and, be. And it, it just hasn't gone. It hasn't gone very well for him, and I was really hoping for his sake that he could come back up here and get going, and, and he'll get some more opportunities this weekend, I would imagine. He will not I, – I don't believe that Jay Bruce comes back until at the earliest the San Francisco series. Uh, I don't think that he'll even be eligible to come off the injury list until the San Francisco series. So and, – and I don't know that he will right away. So Nick Williams should be up here a little bit longer – should get some more opportunities, but he it's it's going to be now or never for Nick Williams, I guess yeah. is where I'm getting to with this. Yeah, he'll probably get at least two of the three games against the Braves, knowing who the Braves are pitching this weekend. Um, you got Soroka is going to pitch Friday, so you got to you want to put Williams in there as a left-handed batter. Uh, Kevin Gosman is pitching Saturday, so we'll probably play that one. He might sit Sunday because Max Freed pitches Sunday. Yeah, actually, I think Lauber checked back in and said that uh, it's going to be Eflin versus Freed on Saturday and Nola versus Gaussman on Sunday. So they actually oh, flipped, they flipped them. them. They, they flipped, flipped them. them. Yep. Okay. So yep. then he'll probably get off Saturday. So Nick Williams will probably yes. play Friday, Sunday is my guess. Yes. But, which is fine. And that's totally fine. And I, I do think that now we're reaching the end of the, the Nick Williams experiment. Like, he's either got to seize the opportunity, the limited opportunity that he has remaining. And even if he does, I, I, he may be the, the perfect candidate for the change of scenery. I don't think that he's one of these guys that really meshes at all. And I don't just mean because he doesn't walk or that he's not the most patient hitter. I don't think he meshes with what the Phillies want from a hitter and I think he has a little bit more value than what he's provided to the Phillies yeah so this might be a guy that a team looks at and says we think we can we can get the 270 280 type of hitter that can pop 15 or 20 homers that he showed that he was two years ago so uh, you know I do think that there's a possibility that he could be on the move I I wouldn't be stunned by that no Um, if you're looking for players that the Phillies have that could entice other teams in a trade that's certainly one um not to say that he's going to bring you a star but i mean he's certainly a guy that you know a team can like you said look at it as a little bit of a reclamation project and and say yeah we know he's still 25 you know if we can get him right here in the next calendar year we're looking at a kid who um you know could be a, a decent you know lineup piece for us i mean he's uh, you know, doesn't become a free agent till 2024, so he's got a lot of control left. Um, I think he's still got two options uh, remaining, so at least at least one, um, maybe two. Uh, but anyway, regardless, I think it's a, it's something that other teams would be interested in uh, for a mid-level type player. Yeah, um, I guess before before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about the trade deadline and, and what the Phillies can do, and we can just kind of kick around some of the names that are out there and some of the rumors that are starting to emerge. Do want to mention Vince Velasquez, um, who has really put together what I would almost say is a bizarre five starts. Um, <laughs> it's it's been it's been really strange. So. Last week against the Dodgers, he was, over the first two innings, lights out in that game, okay? Like, Alex Verdugo came to the plate, and he threw a fastball up in the— I would, I would say it was a borderline strike, but he just blew it right by him, and you went, damn. Like, this—he looks good. And he was really sharp early on in that game, and then he gives up four homers. And every time that he got taken out of the yard, it was because he was missing, believe it or not, lower in the zone. 
So they were talking after that about how they need to have him live on the upper half of the strike zone. Like that's where they want him to spot his fastball. And it's, you know, once he goes lower, that's where he, he tends to kind of get hit harder. So he comes out today and he pitches against this god-awful Detroit Tigers team. And he goes five and two-thirds innings. And he's got two outs and nobody on base. And he entered today having gone six complete innings only once this season in 11 starts. And it looks like he's, he's at 100 pitches. He's going to get there. And he goes base it to left field and walk. And he's out of the game five and two-thirds. Doesn't hit six innings again. So he's still not getting deep into games. But I will say this. Over his last five starts, 24 and two-thirds innings pitch. So he's just a shade under five innings per start. And I know that the conversation could stop right there. And you say, that's not enough. And I don't think anybody would disagree with you. But in those 24 and two-thirds innings pitched, he's only allowed 22 hits and 11 earned runs while striking out 30 and walking only five. So what am I getting at here? Basically, you're, you're talking about a guy over his last five starts that is striking out 10.95 batters per nine innings, and he's only allowing 1.8 walks per nine. And if he can keep that part of the equation together, he's going to get taken out of the yard. He's going to give up the long ball. He's still going to be frustrating and throw 100 pitches in five, maybe five-plus innings. And he's still going to be Vince Velasquez, but this would be a functional, usable starting pitcher if he can keep just that aspect of his game up. Your thoughts? Wow. I never thought I'd hear you say that, Bob. I never. I mean, it's I'd... the truth, and part of it is, is obviously compared to what else they have. You know, I mean, yes. in a yes. perfect that, world, I guess I wouldn't be talking myself into Vince Velasquez. But I, I mean, like I said, the numbers are the numbers are decent here over the last month or so. Yeah, but I mean, it's still Vince Velasquez, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, and and the fact that you have to sit there and try and talk yourself into Vince Velasquez is part of the problem. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I think everything that you've said has been a fair argument. It's been it's it's accurate. Um, his last five starts have not been terrible, um, but if you look at his last five starts, four of them have been Miami, Miami, the Mets, and Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> and the one that it and the one that wasn't, wasn't was the Dodgers, and it was not a good start. Yeah, it's just strange. The Dodgers game. I mean, he gave up five hits in that game, and the four of them were home runs. He had seven strikeouts too. Yeah. So like he he kind of like was weaving in that Dodgers game specifically in and out of being dominant. And giving up home runs. It yeah. was it was a bizarre start for him. So, uh, so that's my only thing. Like, I, yeah, I mean, he, he is a true enigma. Uh, when you watch him pitch, you go like, damn, like just harness that consistently. But we're eighty eight starts into his career now, and it, like at some point the light has to go on, or it's just never going to go on. And so, I, I I'm very, I, I believe this. I, I I will say this. I think that the next. I don't know. The next two months for Vince Velasquez is is they're huge. They're huge months for him because he's still like I think he's proven that he can pitch in the major leagues and that there's a place for him on a 25 man roster. But I don't know that anybody knows what he is yet. So I think the interesting thing will be, and that may, you know, the Phillies, I'll give them this credit that they've they've lined it up smartly, where Velasquez they're limiting who he's facing. In, in situations, in certain situations. Now, the Giants have been smoking hot, but he's not going to pitch again until the Giants series. And then he'll get the White Sox and then the Giants again. 
and then he'll skip the Cubs, and then he'll get the Padres, and then he'll skip the Red Sox, and he'll get the Marlins. Right. So like, so they're they're lining it up yeah. right so that he's not facing the better teams. I mean, uh, Dodgers aside, they didn't really have a choice there. They had a four game series with the Dodgers, and there was no off days, so he had to pitch uh, one of those games. But um, but yeah, so I, you know the Phillies are really playing it smart and trying to get him against weaker opposition. And if that's if that's what you do, and that's how you get through the season. That's fine, but Vince Velasquez is not going to be a guy that you're going to turn to in the in, if you make the playoffs at any point in the postseason and say, "Go get it done, Vinny." <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> oh, no. He's not going to. Oh, no. It's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Right. No. So, no. The, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, eh, you know, are you are you comfortable with him being your number five starter? Assuming that the they set up the rotation right so that he pitches against weaker teams only. Yeah. Okay. If he I'll could buy, just give I'll, me, I'll buy that. I will I'll literally sign up. All day for five innings, two earned runs. Every single start. Just give me five innings, two earned runs. Yeah. If you could just do that. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not completely sold. Really no, I mean, nor should you be. And listen, I, again, I'm not telling you, even with everything I just said, and I don't know if I, I used the, the stat when I was rattling off his line, but you're still talking about a guy that's had a 4.01 ERA in those five starts. I mean, it's not yeah. like he's been – this isn't like the run that Zach Eflin was on earlier in the season where you're like, Point nine zero ERA in six start. Like this isn't, no. you know, he's he's been, just been fine. But um, it was part of the reason, though, when you look at the recent performance of both Velasquez and Pavetta, and I wrote about this on Friday when they made the announcement that Pavetta was getting kicked to the bullpen. You just go on performance alone right now. You're talking about jockeying for position in the wild card hunt. They need to use the guy that's performed better recently, and it hasn't even been close. I mean, Pavetta really had been struggling. He had made a great start against Cincinnati. Uh, I want to say it had to be about five, six weeks ago now. And yep. then he had an okay start uh, against the Braves in Atlanta, like in mid-June. But really since then, he had been awful. And Gabe Kapler had said that we already know what Vince is in the bullpen. It's time to find out now what Nick is. And that's part of it. I'm sure they want to know what he can do out of the pen. But if you just look at recent performance alone, Velasquez has been markedly better than Nick Pavetta. And I think that needs that, that tells you all you need to know about what Nick Pavetta's done lately. Yeah, Nick so. Pavetta Nick Pavetta was not too pleased with the No, he wasn't. And it's it's annoying because I think he I mean, I don't think he does not deserve that. He you know, like he doesn't get to 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 be disappointed. He hasn't earned the right to be disappointed by being moved to the bullpen. And and you know, he was he was great uh, against the Tigers. You know, he was out there and he was fired up. He was pumping the glove and he was he was into it. And you know, maybe maybe he'll eventually embrace this after he he kind of lets it, it marinate for a little bit. But I mean, who is Nick Pavetta to get upset about being demoted to the bullpen? He's lucky that he's up here right now. And yeah. if the Phillies have more depth, he, he might not be. Yeah, no, you're right. He but, went he went, um, you go back, I mean, it was, the, he had those, um, he had a few, like a couple decent starts, you know, uh, he had the one right before the injury, which was against the Mets, which was okay. Then he had, he came back from the injury and he had an okay start against the Cardinals and then back-to-back gems against the Dodgers and the, and the, and the, and the Reds. And that Dodgers one, if you remember, that was yeah, the he's one great, yeah. Where he they pulled him out in nine yeah, after, strikeouts in after six, six innings, innings yeah. with only eighty two pitches, and they took him. Out and I think they ended up losing that game like seven or eight nothing. Eight nothing. Yeah. The bullpen blew <laughs> up eight runs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then any everything thereafter was a total mess. His next five starts were there was not a good one, and not even clo- nothing close to a good one. Um, and that was it. And then that was then he was done. Um, 
So yeah, so like you know, maybe he fits better in the bullpen. I mean, he does have stuff, man. You know, and if you got a, you got a guy who's got that kind of stuff, and you you ask him to only throw two innings, three innings. Yeah, you start to see ninety eight a little bit more consistently. He snaps yeah. off that curveball, which. His problem, and I think the part of the reason that he has struggled is the third pitch has never really come. The changeup never really developed. And, and if he had a quality changeup, he would have been a devastating starting pitcher. He would have had that potential. Like we talked about the ceiling, the ceiling, the ceiling. But it was contingent upon him finding that third pitch, and he really just never did. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, you know, you might be able to get away with that. The curveball looked pretty sharp last night as well. And you pair that with 98, and then all of a sudden you have a chance. So. Again, it was the Tigers. It was one game, but three and two-thirds, he was really good last night, and uh, it's something to build on, and so we'll see. I mean, he may get high-leverage situations, especially if, you know, David Robertson doesn't come back or, you know, it takes him another month for him to get back. Uh, if, if Sir Anthony Dominguez doesn't find his way back, which, I, you know, who knows at this point what's going to happen with these guys. Yeah, I'd like I know to that see, Robertson – Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Robertson, I believe, threw a batting practice today. Yeah. Uh, down in Florida. So, like, I mean, that's great. That's good news. It's encouraging. And it's I a think month that away. they think that he's coming back, but I mean, he still has to go through rehab starts, and and his arm has to hold up. You know, yeah. and that, that's no gimme. Yeah. No, I, I I think Pavetta can play as in a setup role. I think he can. Um, you know, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see the Phillies give that give him that chance and and see what he does with it. Um, and, and the fact that he stretched out, it could be kind of a more Andrew Miller-ish kind of setup role, right? right. In, in the sense that you could put him in there against you know the, the better part of the lineup, and if you need him to go sixth and seventh, you, he can, or seventh and eighth, he can, you know, that kind of thing. He can go multiple innings. So you know, I, I think it's something that's worth trying. I'm, it, it couldn't get any worse uh, than what it was there at the end of uh, his his run as a starter. Hey, maybe it becomes something. We've seen how many times have we seen pitchers who were starter, starter, starters, and then they just kind of, you know, fade to black there, and then they end up in the bullpen and they're great. Yeah, right? I think those guys tend to embrace reinventing themselves when they reach their late twenties. Like, so Nick Pavetta is still relatively young, so I yeah. could see him not wanting to completely punt on the idea of being a starter like I do get that however the economics of baseball have changed guys that are set up men middle relievers even they're getting paid now we're not like in you know 2000 what year was it that Papelbon cashed his deal with the Phillies like when you even go back as, as recently as five six years ago it was closers got the big money starting pitchers got the big money and then that was it but I think yeah. that because the game has changed so much front offices and they're now kind of readjusting the way that they look at bullpen pieces and it's not such a interchangeable man let's go let's go bargain hunting all the time I mean middle relief guys or you know seventh inning type guys are getting paid look at David Robertson look at Tommy Hunter look at Pat Neshek I mean the Phillies prove that so you know where I think some of that reluctance before was more about the financial implications of it I mean that's not a death sentence now it's not like you know you're going to go become a a seventh eighth inning guy and only make um, 1.5 million a year here can we talk about Ranger Suarez for a second sure let's talk about Ranger Suarez tell me tell me what your impressions are of him now uh, as he's been coming out of the bullpen, because the one thing, the one thing with Ranger Suarez is that, and I think a lot of people forget, is he was, you know, for a couple of years considered one of the Phillies' top prospects, um, and then he came up and gave him a couple of starts. 
uh, last Didn't year. Didn't he start a game, a doubleheader against the Mets last year? And I think yeah. the Phillies ended up losing like 17-2 to two or something yeah, he, like that. Yeah, he it did. Was... He, he got smack, smacked around a bit. Yeah. He started three games for them last year. Only pitched 15 innings, <laughs> 1.8 whip. Um, wasn't very good. And then at the start of this year, I kind of thought, you know, his first handful of appearances, he's only pitched out of the pen, um, weren't great. But of late, he's actually looked decent coming out of the pen. It's like he's doing his job. And I'm, I'm wondering, again, is this a guy that they're finding out at the major league level? They're finding this out. But that maybe, you know, he's a, uh, uh, he's a guy that, uh, that, that they can count on for some, some use in the bullpen. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's been encouraging. He's now appeared in 11 games after today. I believe he pitched an inning and a third in this game, and uh, he's down to a 2.60 ERA. He's striking out, I believe, exactly uh, one batter per inning, so 9K per nine innings. I mean, that plays. And, and the encouraging thing for this team, when you consider the loss of Sir Anthony Dominguez and, and Pat Neshek and Robertson, these were the guys that they said, well, we're, we'll come into the season with Adam Morgan as our primary lefty, or not really our only lefty, because – we feel like our righties out of the pen are going to be effective against opponents' lefties, right? Like, they, they weren't so worried about stacking the pen with three left-handers. And then the injuries happened. And they've really had no reliable guy to go to aside from Adam Morgan against left-handers. So then you get Ranger Suarez, and not only has he been productive, but he's also throwing from the left side, which is huge for this team right now. And, I mean, he's been a godsend. And, and like you said, I mean, he's been... Not that uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready to say that he's the the future seventh or eighth inning guy on a, a World Series team, but he's been a pleasant surprise. And, and he was a guy that you know he was out there because you felt like well they have to put him out there because they have nobody else. But he's taken advantage of his opportunity, and now he's become a a quasi reliable guy. Eleven appearances into his uh, season here. Yeah. So here's something that you need to take into consideration too. His first game this year, he pitched in relief against the Diamondbacks. Pitched four innings, gave up four runs. Um, so that was not very good. Since then, he's allowed one run. Yeah. One so his run. last ten appearances, he's allowed one run. Yes, yeah. one run. So his ERA is is below one. Yeah. Uh, his 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 WHIP is is uh, pretty low too. Um, I I don't have today's stats, you know, put in there with it, so I can't give an, an accurate uh, exact WHIP. But um, it's it's pretty good. I mean, he's been really really good. Um, and I think it's it's kind of a below the radar thing that no one's really paid attention to, um, but he's actually been a reliable guy out of the bullpen for the Phillies. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. So I guess the only thing left to do is talk about what this team might do over the next week to try to better position themselves for a playoff run. Uh, I guess the name the, the name that I want to talk about because I mean I think we we saw Matt Boyd right and yeah. You know, he he would be a, a huge upgrade for this rotation, and I don't know where you sit on this, but yes, he's under control beyond this season. But the talk is, Tigers want four prominent young prospects or guys that are basically major league ready, and maybe the Phillies have the ammo to do it. But I, that is not a deal. Like I don't want to part with that type of prospect package for Matt Boyd. I, I just don't think. I don't think it's wise. I don't think that they're in the position to do it. I think that they better be damn sure. Like, if they're going to go out and, and part ways with a Spencer Howard, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, Boehm is, is completely off limits regardless. But, you know, let's use Spencer Howard as our guy here. Like, he, to me, is the Phillies' top pitching prospect. I think that he's past 
Adonis Medina at this point as the would Phillies. Would you move? But would you move Medina? Po- possibly, but like, yeah, he it would have to be him and then three lower grade guys, right? Like, is it Adonis Medina, two mid grade prospects, and Nick Williams? Like, is that enough to get Matt Boyd out of Detroit? Like, to me, I I don't think it is. It I would be surprised by that. If it if it were enough, then it maybe would be something that I would consider. I mean, Detroit can also say this is what they want. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what they're going to get. But I, I don't know. I don't think that the Phillies are going to go that deep on him, even if, even if he's under control beyond the season. And the only thing that concerns me about him is that to this point, you're talking about a guy that's like been striking out 12 batters per nine innings this season. You look at his K per nine over the previous four or five seasons, it's like between the mid sevens and yeah. like high eights. And this this year has been an outlier. And that's not to say that he can't find himself at this point in his career and, and really kind of hit the ground now and, and get going. But like I would like a little bit more of a track record of success before I part with the remaining key valuable pieces that I have in my in my farm system. Yeah, I, I think for me it would depend on what you're giving up to get him. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that he's a guy that I, I look at and say number one target, must have him kind of thing. But at the same time, I mean, if you if if the haul is not, you know, that damaging to the future of the Phillies, I I would do it. I, you know, I would I would even even with the, uh, you know, like you say, lack of a track record, I I would still take that chance and just see what happens. They just they have to get this right. They've whiffed. So many times, yeah, on pitching, on, they on they, pitching, yeah. and you know, they, you just cannot get any more. Vince Velasquez is in return. Jared Eikhoff's in return. Uh, Zach Eflin's in return. And, and no knock on these guys individually; like they're all like usable parts. But you, they, they've, and I, and I understand that those were guys that you were getting back as prospects. Like I know that we're talking about two different things now. This time they're going out and trying to acquire the name. I, I, don't get me wrong, but their evaluation, and I just mean it, their evaluation of pitchers in general has been just substandard. It's it's been it's been wretched. Are you, what are you talking about? They did didn't they just trade for Cliff Lee? Yeah, Cliff Lee. Uh, listen, you know what, man? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna come to Gabe's defense on that. Like he just like. People in this city, like, they just give me a break. Give the guy a break. <laughs> He's just saying that from an appearance standpoint, there were some things that he did that looked like Cliff Lee. And I everybody know. loses their shit over it. Like, I know. Yeah, he even said it. He's like, I don't even – he literally says it in the quote. He goes, I don't, nec- I don't mean in terms of how he pitched. I just mean the way that he looked out there. And everyone lost their minds over it. Yeah. People got to get over Gabe Kapler, man. This team, this team is fifty-four and forty-eight, and they're not that good. Like they're four games over five hundred in his season and a half here, and they stink. This isn't that good of a team. What do you want from this yeah. guy? Ah, well, all right. It's it's kind of like I used to say, "What, what do you want from Pete McCannon?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pete, Pete McCannon. Uh, there was no upside to Pete McCannon. Gabe Kapler, at least, you know, like, that's what I'll say. Like, at least there's some, there's, like, some potential upside. There's some mysteriousness about him. Like, something you're just kind of like, I want to know oh, yeah. more. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you do. All right, we're I'm not going to do the game thing. We're, we're not, yeah, we're not going to do the game thing. <laughs> you don't want to know anymore about Gabe? No, I, I think yeah, I know I don't more, know, than man. I, more than I ever wanted to know about Gabe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm. Pro Gabe, I am like, and you know, like last week was just awful, and and I had said, and we talked about it, and and 
a one week doesn't really change my opinion. I, I'm still of the belief that if the Phillies don't get it together and, and really play better baseball down the stretch, that Gabe could be in trouble. And, and I don't think that it would be um, a decision without merit, right? Like, I, I'm yeah. not telling you that because they beat the Pirates and the Tigers that, like, all of a sudden Gabe Kapler should be manager of the year. But... I don't know. I just when with the Cliff Lee thing, everyone just murdered him, and I'm like, just get no, the guy was, a little bit a of a com- break. Was, nah, that was just a comment. I it, I don't I didn't have a problem with it. I yeah. really didn't have a problem with it. I just I, I, but I just yeah. thought it was funny. Uh, as soon as yeah, he said it, though, why. man, like, dude, as soon as he said it, <laughs> I just knew. <laughs> just knew. You knew, right? You knew where uh, it was going. Right, yeah. Guess what? Was, what do you got? A, was, I knew. I knew. No, yeah. It was no different than when I just went. It was no different than when he said, "I'm not effing Dallas Green, and never will be." Nah. It was no different. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I just everybody, said, everybody I just said Gabe. Everybody lost their minds with that. Like, what are you thinking, yep. dude? Get, get, get I just said together. Gabe. Like, I just kind of, I just closed my eyes and said, ah, oh, come on, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got another five-star review, Bob. There you go. All right. Very good. Unbelievable, right? Came in, uh, came in on Monday, and this is from uh, Dylan Eaton, 1015. Uh, five stars. Little negative, but fantastic pod. <laughs> <laughs> Love listening to you guys every week and wish you posted more. We should be doing more. Nightly. A uh, little negative sometimes, but other than that, you guys are one of the best Phillies pods out there. Well, you know, soon there might be an announcement about us doing a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll yeah. have to see what happens. One day. <laughs> yeah. One day soon. Yeah. Uh, after you get back from your honeymoon, enjoy. Yeah, yeah thank you. Key West, my fun. friend. Never been. I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah. yeah Key West. Cool. Good spot, good spot, my friend. I think you'll, I think you'll love it, and you'll probably say you want to go down there all the time after yeah. you hang out down there. Uh, but so yeah, you'll be down there. So we won't talk again. You're not, you're not back until the trade, the day of the trade deadlines, the day you come home, right? Yes, but if they trade for, I don't know, Trevor Bauer, do, how do you feel about Trevor Bauer? Real quick. I would do that. I mean, it depends what you're giving up. But he's like, I, I he's like crazy, right? Isn't that like the yeah, thing? Like, I, I'm fun. all for it. Fun. Yeah, it'd be fun. Like, yeah, that guy. Like I said, I tweeted it earlier. The guy is a content machine. Bring yeah. him here. I am yeah. all about it. So wait, wait. You're telling me that if the Phillies make a big trade, that even if you're though you're on your honeymoon, your wife will let you. Oh yeah. Bring your microphone and 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 hook up in, onto the computer and Absolutely. talk to me about I'm baseball. In. Yes, that's how I want to spend my honeymoon talking baseball with you. Oh. Now, if they did something like that, I'm I'm in, man, for the people. <laughs> <laughs> For the people, I am here. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's let's hope. I because now I want them to make a big <laughs> trade because I want to see if this actually happens. Yeah. If I can text you on your honeymoon, and be I'll like, video stream it. I'll be at some bar looking at the yeah. beach, and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll do a live pod at, at you know Billy Bob's uh, Surf Shack down in Key West. <laughs> you can go to the pirate plate, the yeah. pirate bar with the yeah. uh, Pat Crocio yeah. down there. That's right. right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Get Pat to come on and talk talk about the talk about the <laughs> Phillies with you. Be awesome. Be awesome. Well, Bob, have a great time. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening in to Crossed Up uh, this week, and we'll be back next week. Also, be sure to check out the other um, shows on the Crossing Broad Podcasting Network. Uh, Crossing Broadcast, Snow the Goalie. It's always soccer in Philadelphia with the first place Philadelphia Union. Yes. Um, and uh, Crossing Broad FC. Um, and, and you know, every day uh, you guys are putting out more videos for broadlines. That's not in the podcasting network per se, but be sure to if you're into sports gambling, be sure to check out Bob and Russ and Kyle uh, doing all their uh, all their broadlines and really good gambling information for you. Uh, you might have been gritting your teeth yesterday, as Bob told us, that the <laughs> Phillies were a great play. 
great play, and we went 15 innings before, uh, uh, came before that play came yeah, through. That's right. With the 150 <laughs> on the money line, you had to wait 15 innings. But, uh, yeah. but actually, I, we wrote a piece. We didn't do the video today, but we wrote a piece saying you got to run it back. Jordan Zimmerman stinks. Yeah. So that was nice. So we were able to, if you were one of the people that, that actually follow that advice, you made some money this week, which is That's nice. That's good. That's good stuff. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And uh, there's some, uh, some, some brewing some things brewing down the road uh, for Crossing Broad, and uh, we'll, we'll get to them soon. Uh, once again, be sure to uh, check out cinch.com, Cinch by Amerigas. Get your, um, your, your uh, propane, propane tank, tank delivered to your front door for $10. For $10. Yes, Promo crossing code broad. there, yeah. Crossing broad, yeah. Not crossing it's lit five, but crossing broad. Yeah, please, that'll help the podcast. All anyway, right, thank you, everybody. It, yep. Have have a good one, and we will see you next week.